Well, hello and welcome to Theology for You, um, the world's most famous podcast. Just kidding. Um, glad you guys are listening today. I am honored and privileged to have um, good friend, brother, fellow pastor, uh, Todd Strauss with me today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Good. How are you, Ben? Uh, you know, doing pretty good, man. Glad you're here. Uh, Todd is going to... We're going to talk a little bit about teaching uh, children theology and uh, the Bible. I think Todd is uh, a great example to me in this, and he serves our church well in this role. He's our uh, children's pastor. He's been doing it for many, many years now, so um, glad to have him on. So uh, really, we hope we're just going to kind of give an overview, me and, uh, me and Todd. Todd has the expertise, and then I'll just repeat what he says. <laughs> so, um, I'm just reading it off of a book, so I figured. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to cover um, why this is important. Um, give some tips, sure. And then, um, but before we give some tips, we'll talk about the role of uh, the family in teaching uh, the Bible and theology, mm-hmm. and then the role of the church. And then we'll move on to some practical tips on how really families families can do this and even even churches todd preached an excellent sermon and i hate that we didn't record it and i hate that i didn't get to hear all of it because carson was um being a 19 month old Uh oh Uh, but anyway he preached a wonderful sermon on psalm 127 last week and i had already asked him to do this before he preached that so i'm looking forward to this so you ready i'm ready so we see verses like deuteronomy 6 7 it says you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise um so there the bible places a great emphasis on teaching in the in the family and specifically here it talks about teaching children and moses is talking i, I think about god's law mm-hmm. i think that's yes. a safe bet mm-hmm. so um why why does the bible place such an emphasis on this to begin with why does God? Why does the Bible place such an emphasis on teaching children? Yeah, why is it why is it important? That why is it important? Them? Okay. Well, I I do believe that um, that this theme is repeated throughout the Old Testament. Um, for instance, Psalm seventy eight talks about uh, not hiding the truth, the law. From your children, but telling it to the coming generations that they might know, they might know the deeds of the Lord, they might know of his might and his power and his wonders. Um, I, you know, Ben, I, I think there's this mindset in today's Christianity that that children will learn their theology through Sunday school or through uh, the multiple uh, other avenues, Christian uh, avenues of, of learning. You know, there's so much material out there. There's vacation Bible schools. There's, um, you know, Christian videos, Christian cartoons, all of these things. And so maybe a lot of parents think, hey, my children will learn their theology through these other ways. But the Bible is very is very uh, focused on it is the parents duty to teach their children theology 
And the reason it's important, back to Psalm 78, you know, uh, the psalmist is talking about being very, uh, very deliberate, not hiding the truth from your children so that they will not forget the works of God, that they will keep his commandments, and ultimately that they will not become rebellious like so many of those who went on before them. So the gospel leads us to do two things, and that is trusting God for who he is and obeying God. That's the goal of our teaching theology to our children, teaching the law, teaching the Bible, teaching the gospel. We'll use, I'm sure, those terms interchangeably. But it is it is on the family, and I would say specifically it's on dads to teach their children about God. Yeah, because you even see, um, we, we just talked about Psalm 145 before we started, even there it says, talking about how one generation shall commend your works to another. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, I need, I have to study some more on this, but I would assume that that includes the older generation telling the younger generation. Absolutely. Um, so the 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 importance then is, if we had to, to restate it, the importance of teaching your children the Bible and theology, other than God says so, mm-hmm. is that. Um, the parents taking an active role, the dad. Right. And not necessarily assuming that they're going to get it from these other avenues, such Absolutely. as maybe uh, a Bible man or <laughs> Veggie Tales or something. Not that those are bad in and of themselves, but if that's the only thing, yeah. we're on some, yeah. a little yeah. shaky ground there. You know, and, and um, some of those things can be a supplement. Even yes. Sunday school mm-hmm. uh, can be a supplement to what... Um, what happens you know it's the church's role to really support and supplement parents as they teach their children so um and i will say this too i think i think parents you need to be picky about what you are putting in front of your children because there is so much you know in christianity uh, overall in christian bookstores and so forth but there's so much directed to our children, and it all sounds good and, and sounds wonderful, but, but you have to be very picky. Is the material I'm putting in front of them, is it getting them closer to a correct theology of God, or is it taking them further away by maybe watering it down just a little bit too much? We just have to be very, very careful about that. So... Um, we're kind of transitioning a little bit into the role of the parent here. Right. Um, maybe one objection we can deal with before we go a little bit further is, um, you know, in our society, it's very, uh, we'll say open, open-minded to say the least. What would be a good response, um, to maybe a Christian parent that says, well, I don't want to be accused of, uh, brainwashing my child by trying to teach them the way that they should believe and what they should believe and what they should know and how they should think. Um, what do you what do you think a response to that would be? Sure. So, uh, first and foremost, we have to go back to the Bible on this. These passages and multiple others 
put it upon us as parents to instruct our children, to teach our children, to point them to God. So there isn't really room to, to go as far as a, uh, you know what the Bible tells us to do. There isn't really any room to go the other direction to be all open. And it really comes down, I think, to our understanding of, of human nature, of our sin nature. Um, someone's going to be teaching those children mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You know, so we have to, as parents, we have to take the, the responsibility and we have to take it very seriously. Well, and do you think your view of salvation comes in here as well? Absolutely. Because we believe that the Bible teaches um, that when we preach, our job is to preach what the Bible says. And we trust that it's God's work through his spirit to change not only our own minds and hearts, but our hearers' minds and hearts. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, as Christians, as parents, we have to believe the same thing with our kids, that we we speak the truth, we talk the truth, um, talk about the truth, but at the end of the day, we have to be active. We have to be active, right? But it's God who's doing the changing, absolutely. And yeah. we're not, you know, we're not forcing. Yeah. In in a in a forcing in a. Uh, mean or overbearing kind of way does that make sense sure absolutely yeah we're not uh we're not you know we lay out the we lay out the truth of the gospel to our children and we'll get into different ways to go about doing that Mm -hmm. but if you're a parent who does this consistently and you're just showing them the truth you're unlocking the truth before them um you know it really does it's it's the Holy Spirit's job to then take the seed that is planted and bring them to conversion. That isn't what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. not telling our children, you know, you're going to believe this or else. That's, that's absolutely not. But, um, you know, children are converted the way that adults are, you know, hearing the truth. Yeah, and then, I, you know, and to not take seriously teaching your children... Um, really goes against the ministry of Jesus where he was he was so welcoming to children mm. even used children as an example of having faith like a child um, so yeah you mentioned um, in your sermon and, and already that um, the dad should take the lead on this mm-hmm. and in your sermon and if this is going to throw you for a loop just tell me we can do this another time but uh, two points you mentioned in your sermon is that the dad is there for provision and protection. Mm-hmm. Thinking along the lines of protection, how does teaching the truth come in, in, into that? Because I think sometimes when we think of protection, um, we, as men, we might be tempted to think of it more along the lines of like the physical side. So if my family gets robbed and I knock the daylights out of the guy Ooh, that comes in, right? Jack Bauer like, here. Yeah, yeah, Jack Bauer or Jack Reacher or whatever. So... Um, a lot of jacks. A lot of jacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but where does this teaching children about teaching the Bible and teaching them theology, what, what role does that play in protection? Sure. So you you teach them the truth so that they're not as inclined to 
be swept away by error. Um, and you are protective. Uh, you know, I mentioned be careful what you put in front of your children. Um, you know, that's part of protecting them. That's part of, as a dad and as a mother, of, of protecting your child because they, they are very susceptible. And, uh, you know, cute little jingles can get in their head and they can be singing them over and over and over. And, you know, three, four, five years later, you realize, well, that kind of bad theology is in that song. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and but the damage has been done. It's, the seed has been sown. So you have to be very cognizant of what's uh, being put, put in front of them um, on your end. And obviously... You know, they'll be uh, in in positions at times where you're not present, where they may hear something or see something or someone share something with them that um, isn't, uh, you know, correct biblical theology. But but you you always come back to the Bible on a I'd say a daily basis, if possible, to um, and, and and in that way, you're protecting them. So one thing that just came to mind, there might be some people listening and they're like, you know, um, this is good and all, but it might feel a little overwhelming. Um, I think one encouragement we can give is that the parent has to be studying as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Really model that. uh, Just the uh, absorbing the truth, practicing the truth, living it out. and I think when you do that, when you almost make it, when you just grab that identity as a Christian and run with it, mm-hmm. it, it the stuff we're talking about, I think, will almost come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the role of the parent. Is there anything else you would add there? Active, protecting? Yeah, deliberate. Um, we'll get it again. I want to get ahead of ourselves, uh, giving some tips as to as to uh, how to go about it but but just make sure that it is something that's constantly on your mind the the spiritual maturation of your children you know you're so, some parents are very very focused on um, their children's diets and some parents are very focused on their children's uh, sporting uh, habits or social involvement or things like that, we have to be as focused, and probably more so, on how they're being sped, uh, fed spiritually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, you know, you can, as you often say, it's easy to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, you're very, you're very deep. That's an old one. That is an old one, but we've been <laughs> we've been around for a while. Yeah. So I guess so. Um, so that's the, that's the role of the parent. You mentioned earlier that the role of the church is really to kind of supplement and help. Right. Um, what do you mean when you say it's really the the, the church is here to supplement and help? Maybe sure. things like Sunday school. Or, sure. So oh, the first thing I'd back up and say is that as a church. You know, our role is to um, is to minister to children as we would minister to adults. We would treat 
children as in a welcome and an equal part of the congregation. So, you know, whenever we are preparing to minister, whatever level that we're doing it, you know, we should always be thinking about not just the, the adults, but we should be thinking about the children that might be present in the service as well. Um, and then as far as the support uh, goes, you know, some churches make it a, uh, feel like it's absolutely 100% necessary to have a quote-unquote Sunday school or children's church, have a separate church service for the children. Um, and sometimes that's absolutely necessary to do. But if we're not careful, what we really do is we, we, um, we can split the identity of the church. You know, we have really two different churches going where mm -hmm. the pastor's preaching something upstairs to the adults and the Sunday school guys teaching something totally different downstairs to the children and never the twain shall meet. I, don't, I, I really don't believe that's how it in, was intended in the New Testament to be. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, you know, Sunday school is is fine, but as I'd say a supplement, and if it's possible, I, I, I do think, Ben, it is better if children, they're at the maturity level where they can be in the service together with their with their families, worshiping alongside their families, worshiping alongside the congregation, and, you know, just seeing... And this is where the the the, fam the family dynamic really comes into play because when you're there with your family and you're um, observing as a child how your parents are responding to the truth and maybe the emotions, maybe the sincerity that's involved with that, and the child can come away thinking, "Hey, mom and dad, they." Uh, well, they're really into this, you know. Uh, this is this is something. This this means something. And uh, you know, not just the parents, but the but the rest of the the congregation, but particularly in the home. And boy, should I should I lower the boom here? I I, I think one of the <laughs> one of the one of the important aspects of it is when the children are hearing the same message that mom and dad are hearing and that throughout the week they have an opportunity to see how mom and dad are responding to the truth in real life situations yeah yeah i mean that, that i i think that's the way it's it that i think that is the best way and you know so so you're I, not you're, so you're not saying sunday school sinful no 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 yeah. no not at all and 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 again we we have uh, the resources to do it ourselves, and when it's absolutely necessary, when it you know would be a distraction, not to have uh, some type of um, you know separate service for the children, then then we would you know play that hand. But mm -hmm. I, I I do think it is better mm -hmm. um, to to be able to to do it the other. You know, we're just it's it's become culture. To, yes. to have yeah. the Sunday school and 
and parents many times will look for churches specifically for that reason that they have something for the kids. You can still have something for the kids, but it doesn't necessarily have to interfere with with uh, the main service. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you know that's something that we're working on as a church. Yeah. But but <clears throat> you you know you can't put the cart before the horse. You really mm-hmm. can't. So do you, do you think uh, that a, a church by being open and welcoming and even thinking about this stuff? Um, I know as a uh, the worship pastor at our church, I, I need to do a better job at thinking about the kids being in there. Maybe we sing like we we sang Jesus Love Me once. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe more songs that are like that that the kids might be familiar with from sure. Sunday school. But um, the church is being open, welcome, welcoming. Um, it, it really helps the kids too. And we'll talk a little bit about this in a minute, so I'm not going to go too deep into it, but to listen to a sermon. Mm-hmm. So I think in American Christianity, at least, you've seen the death of the sermon in many yeah. ways. Yeah. So just if nothing else to see how the parents listen right right so here's an analogy i'll give um and i guess you know i'll just say it this is the way that that we have done it with our with our family as far as as dinner time that's the analogy i'm going for here Mm -hmm. um you know some uh sometimes you know when you have kids you think well, goodness sake, the only thing they're going to eat are hot dogs and chicken nuggets. And mm-hmm. so your your dinner, your family dinner um, is always a rotation of hot dogs and chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you want to have, you want your children to be obviously a, a welcome part of the dinner table. But you don't always just fix those things. So, um, you know, you make lasagna and you teach your children to also enjoy lasagna. I'm not sure if you're even picking up where this analogy is going, but I think so. as far as this, the, the church service, you can cater a little too much to the children. Um, obviously, having some, you know, some of those elements as a part of the service is an important thing. But um, make sure that you're focused on the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tips. I, <laughs> that, was, that was a good analogy. <laughs> you're, you're beating yourself up, I can tell. But it's, it's, uh, it, it's fine. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That'll get us all the listens I need. I mean, I'll hit my goal for the month just off that analogy. Great. <laughs> I'm hungry, by the way. Well, well, when Victoria gets back, we'll have her make some dinner. Mac and cheese, I hope. Probably, yeah. Okay. Hot dogs. Um, so let's let's share some tips. Um, unless you have any more you want to say about roles and um, everything. So some some tips, and and if we can, and I don't, you won't do this, but uh, let's stay away from uh, g- generic tips such as uh, talk about it at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I don't say that because you just did your dinner analogy, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Let, let's start with um, the sermon. I really appreciated some of the stuff you had to say in your sermon Sunday mm-hmm. about um, what you all try to practice right. with your own family. So what are some tips that um, your kids hear the sermon every Sunday, you're driving home, you have a longer drive than some of us do. Right. So what what do you what do you do practically? Yeah, absolutely. So 
So, um, you know, it's just natural during a, um, during a service. And we have four children of varying ages. A couple of them are teenagers. And, uh, you know, it's just natural for uh, the, my wife and I to maybe pick up a little bit more during the sermon than our children would. Mm-hmm. And if your children are young, you know, maybe you're worried, hey, they're not going to understand. They're not going to really get what's going on during the, the sermon. Well, just like everything else, it comes with, with practice and with uh, focus and attention. So so um, what we do is we'll just ask, hey, talk to us about the sermon. And always the very first thing is it was very good. And then there's silence. And so you you actually say something like, well, tell me more. What uh, what was good about it? And and then someone will give an answer and you ask, OK, tell me, you know, what what was uh, what did Pastor Craig say about this verse? And, uh, you know, he asked this question. What then he came back with the answer. Anybody remember what the answer was? And. And so a discussion kind of resumes from there. So, so it's just a way of really reinforcing the sermon, and uh, you know, and and it's not just on on the drive home, but but throughout the week, you know, we may reread the same passage that was preached and remind ourselves of some of the things that were were taught. Uh, my wife is a very good uh, note taker, and so uh, sometimes we'll pull out the notes. And uh, just go through a couple of the things that he said. So, so that's one practical thing that uh, we can do to kind of reinforce and build off of the sermon on Sunday. So, other other practical tips. Um, you hear a lot about um, family devotions, for lack sure. of a better word. Yeah. Um, how does that look? You know, um, I, I do think that it, it's important, dads, to. Um, to take the bull by the horns here and to have some type of formal teaching time with your kids throughout the week could be on a nightly basis. It could be, um, you know, with all of them at once and, or it could be split up, uh, between, you know, kind of a one-on-one more of a discipleship type of thing between father and child. Um, you know, any one of those ways is fine, but I do think it's important for you to be the spiritual leader of your home and to teach. Um, and it doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to always be, um, you know, some type of inductive Bible study. It could be just reading, uh, you know, for a few verses and and maybe pointing out a couple of things. It could be just reading a chapter and then praying through it as a response um, and you know what? And sometimes, you know, since we're talking about teaching kids theology, uh, it's been a couple of years and we'll probably have to do this again. But reading, a, we read through Pilgrim's Progress a couple of years ago. And uh, man, what a just a, an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. allegory, you know, to go through with your kids and and, um, you know, some some great truth there. So so there's de- definitely different ways to do it. But uh, I just say do it. So let's um, uh, let's try to cover our bases here. Let's say there's just a mom out there listening, and the dad mm-hmm. won't take the lead. Right. What right. What should the mom do? Well, and you know, and uh, obviously, you know that in in that particular instance, um, you know the the 
the mantle falls on her to some extent to go ahead and and be the be the one to to lead in those types of devotions and ask those questions and mm-hmm. um and continue to pray that that dad will you know and i don't I, a father's role spiritually for his children cannot be overstated mm-hmm. uh, but certainly there are situations where it's the mom who becomes the quote unquote spiritual leader so mm-hmm. so um you know do do what you can do and trust god Mm-hmm. And God yeah. blesses. So. so, so you guys keep it pretty simple then, because I know I face the temptation with family devotions, which, to be honest, we're we're not good at. And that's my fault. So, um, it sounds like you guys keep it pretty simple though. O- overall, you don't. I'm tempted to make it really elaborate for some reason. Like, oh, we've got to read a you whole pull out book. the flannel graph. The whole yeah, well, yeah, the, the <laughs> flannel graph. Um, but no, I mean, you know. Um, Maybe a flannel graph, I don't know, but uh, but overcomplicated to the point where we've got to read uh, three chapters a night. We have to sing a hymn and um, the, an altar call. And, um, I want to come and be a part of your devotion sometime. <laughs> but you guys keep it pretty basic, though. Yeah. So you don't, because I think we can overcomplicate it, and then we overcomplicate it, and we don't do it, then we feel guilty because we don't do it. Well, you know, there's times, and we'll go through periods where it just seemed like every night is late mm-hmm. and uh a little too late to to do what we need to do so it's either rushed or you know we've found ourselves in not doing it uh repeatedly for a while so so nothing to feel guilty about mm-hmm. you just pick up and you move on and and you do the best you can mm-hmm. so um one last practical area we'll look at cause since we started off with the verse in Deuteronomy 6 um, it talks about teaching your children while you're on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, day to day, how can this look? Or maybe if you have a good example from your own life, how how does it look? Just doing this on a day to day basis, not really in uh, a formal way, right? But right. in more of a um, you're riding in the car, someone says something, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this is something we need to talk about, or yeah. So this is where, um, you know, as as parents, we need to decide, you know, what the the spiritual maturity of my children are are really a priority and they're really important because, you know, there's going to be moments and quite a few of them uh, in any given week where something comes up, a question is asked or something's on the television that, uh, you know, um, opens up an opportunity. Um, what you're looking for is a teachable moment, and there's there are many, many of them. But I think a lot of times we miss them because our mind is occupied as, elsewhere. We're in a hurry. We're rushing through dinner. Um, you know, the children have to get to their homework. They have to take a bath. You know, and these teachable moments don't need to take long, and they shouldn't take long. Just where you pause the TV and you say, you know, uh, they said something there. I just want to make sure you guys understand. The Bible says this. And you teach them the truth. You teach them the gospel at that moment. The 
a question is asked, a real life situation comes up, and you just you pause and you say, okay, well, let me let me get to the the heart of this. Let me go deep rather than just going shallow and giving you a really glib answer. I'm going to go a little bit deeper and give you gospel truth here. You know, it's just it's being deliberate. Um, one thing I'll say, I think this is as a family, what we have found to be the probably the most helpful, most beneficial, teachable moment with our kids has been those moments where our children needed to be disciplined. Yes, we had to discipline our children, and it happened often enough, absolutely, where, but the message was always the same. You know, we would uh, be at that moment, one-on-one, a parent with a child, and, you know, that child's uh, will had gotten to the point where it was broken. They, they realized that they what they had done was wrong. What they had said was wrong, and they were being uh, disciplined for it. And, and as the discipline begins to unfold, we remind our children, you know, the, the response that they had, the thing that they did, the thing that they said, it's a result of what's going on in the heart. We're, the Bible teaches us that all of these things proceed out of the heart. And it's a sin because we have a sinful heart. And so, and then we go into, you know, what we see in scripture throughout is that sin has consequences. And we talk about the consequences of this particular attitude or word or deed. And we punish it. And then, this is so important, guys, after the discipline has been delivered, after the, um, the consequences or justice has been met, then you embrace that child. You teach them that once justice, once God's justice has been met, then that person, you, are in a right standing with God. And you reassure them of your love and that they are in now in a right standing and that that sin has been dealt with and it will not come up again. It's over. And you are teaching the gospel that way. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. And I think that's a that's a very, very important um, opportunity um, to to show your children what it means. It's been good. It's been good. I've enjoyed, yeah. Um, so, anything else you want to add before we move on to uh, one last thing? And then, um, you know, I, I I can't think of anything, any new information. Only other thing I think I would add is just patience. Mm-hmm. Um, patience with yourself and probably with your children, especially sure. with that discipline part. Carson's still little, but we're getting into that point where she's doing things that are dangerous to herself. Um, so we've got to start, hey, look, don't do that. And it, even though she's 19 months, it's it's hard to be consistent in that and to be patient with her and patient with ourselves. That, you know, you're doing yeah. this wrong and here's here's why this is wrong. Here's, here's why you're doing this wrong. And 
Um, so, yeah. But thank you. This has been good. It's Absolutely. Been really good. I've enjoyed. So it would not uh, be proper to not ask you a few uh, fun questions. Okay. Since go. we've done this with everyone else. So. Um, you mean there's been others besides me? None other has been as fun as this one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, we've got a long time, 36 minutes. We're good. So, Sweet. Um, so same questions as uh, normal. We'll start off with favorite book of the Bible. Favorite book of the Bible would be, man, I'm going to have to go with Romans on that one. Why Why Romans? I think you Brian know, said Romans too. Ro- Brian's been here? Brian Cordell. Oh my yeah. goodness. All right. So, <laughs> so um, you know, it just gives a very well laid out. Um, analysis of the gospel and uh, just uh, the Apostle Paul uh, just the way that uh, he presents the gospel and lays it out in in great detail Um, it's just it's just beautiful and I would and I would say you know uh, Romans 8 Mm. you know I mean it's where it all really crescendos and I, I just love Romans 8. So if you had to pick a favorite verse... I would just say Romans 8. <laughs> just uh, all of Romans you know, we'll go 8, with okay. Romans 8. Yeah. Um, favorite um, dead preacher. Favorite dead... Dead preacher. Not living, dead but preacher. dead. Um, Alright, so... You know... You, you really have to go with... Uh, you really have to go with Spurgeon. Just... Just I love Spurgeon. I honestly thought you were going to say Lloyd Jones. You know, I like Lloyd Jones. I, I still go with Spurgeon. Okay. But, no, uh, I, I'm just I'm you no. Know, threw me for a loop. Yeah. That's okay. I'm sorry. I no. I like Lloyd Jones though. Spurgeon's mine too. So yeah. In case you didn't know, I knew. I okay. Can, I can tell. <laughs> what the, bottom, the bobblehead give it away? <laughs> um. <laughs> that and you're evolving into him. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Um, or de-evolving. Well, yeah, we, there's no telling. Um, favorite, if you had to pick, like, if you've read any books on parenting or even um, any books on the topic we've just talked about, um, do you have, like, a, one you that know, you would go to? Um, or? Shepherding a Child's Heart. That Ted Trip. And it's Ted Trip. So that's a, um, that's, that's a good one. Um I, I, at this moment, that's the only, only one I can, I can give you off the top of my head. So, oh, that's yeah. a great, that's a really good one. Favorite uh, theological book? Knowing God. Knowing God. I knew that. Was, I knew Patrick. that one. Yeah. Why, why knowing God? Um, oh man, you reference that book you know, a lot, which is it just a okay. Once, I just, it's just so thorough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he just presents. You know the the different attributes of God, and it's almost like holding up a diamond and seeing all the different angles. Uh, it's just beautiful. Just love that book. It's a good book. I'm gonna yeah. try to read it again. So this knowing year, God, and uh, you know, almost anything by by John Piper. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a couple more questions since I, I enjoy doing this. Yeah. Uh, if you have a like a favorite doctrine or like a favorite teaching of the Bible, you know, justification, and uh, a close second, I think, is adoption. I just I yeah, love it's beautiful. the doctrine of adoption. So, yeah. 
Um, favorite um, besides J.I. Packer and John Piper, favorite living author or preacher. We'll do that. Gotta go with Johnny Mac. John MacArthur. Yeah. Johnny Mac. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing a, a theme. I wonder if he's listening. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Who is it? That's Love the better you, Dr. question. Uh, why? Why John MacArthur? Because um, his name is mentioned um, often you know, on this podcast. Just, and... He he's just such a a thoughtful, you know, expositor. I I, I just. I love I, I I love how simple he is and how deep he is at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, just tremendous. Yeah. That's another great thing about Packers knowing God. Deep and simple. I think. Not to go back to where we were, but yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got uh, one of those two, so... <laughs> I think you've got both. You're too hard on yourself. (laughs) So anyway, um, thank you. Seriously, I appreciate you coming on. This has been encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. Your sermon, uh, the parts that I heard, and then the parts that I didn't hear, Victoria's told me about, um, were very encouraging to me um, in my pursuit of being a godly dad. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. I hope, hope our listeners are encouraged. Todd will not be a stranger to theology for you. I am. I am sure. I'll get to come back. You will get to come back. Yeah. Well, Brian. Uh, we'll see. Oh. Hopefully, Brian doesn't listen to this episode because he's been dissed twice now at the end. So, love Brian. Yeah, Brian's a great guy. Um, so, thank you guys. I hope this was encouraging. If you have any further practical tips that maybe you do in your own family, please feel free to share them either on our website or our Facebook page. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are our friends. I'll even take a negative review just to keep in mind I'll cry for a few weeks. Just don't tell me. Oh, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't tell Todd. So thank you guys, and until next week, um, we'll, we'll uh, talk then.